Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. ES Audio. This podcast is brought to you in partnership with Fuller's London Pride, an outstanding amber ale and the official beer of Premiership Rugby. And don't forget, you can now watch the full extended video podcast of today's show at londonpridebeer.co.uk. Support with pride and please drink responsibly. Lawrence Delalio's Rugby Podcast, supported by Fuller's London Pride, the official beer of Premiership Rugby. Hello, I'm Lawrence Delalio. Welcome to the Rugby Podcast in association with Fuller's London Pride and the Evening Standard. This time we're live from one of the most famous pubs in the world. It is, of course, the Cabbage Patch at Twickenham. (laughs) We have, of course, just been watching the second test between Australia and England in Brisbane. And we're here to discuss with me some amazing guests. First up, a man who had a trial for Liverpool Football Club. All rugby, all rugby players put that in their CV, yeah. <laughs> I had a trial for Liverpool Football Club. We'll find out if that's true or not. Uh, he also went, nearly went into rugby league with Liverpool St Helens. Would have been far better looking if he hadn't. Uh, and eventually he played uh, 51 times uh, for England and actually captain England. Probably more than I did, in fairness. <laughs> he also featured on an episode of Friends. I didn't know about that, Kieran. Um, it is, of course, Kieran Bracken, MBE. That's the first introduction where they don't highlight the fact that I won Dancing and I to get more of a round of applause for winning oh. Dancing. Oh. Exactly. Yeah, they know me from rugby. Yeah, I should, I should have known that. I've seen, you, I've, I've seen your dance moves. Um, now, keeping things balanced and representing uh, England's ap- Antipodean opponents, a man who was born and raised in Perth, uh, made his international debut for the Wallabies. Uh, I think we all watched it against England at Twickenham last November. He now plays for the Irish, not that Irish team, London Irish, and has done for the last eight years. Give a huge welcome to Ollie Hoskins. <laughs> who... By the way, it's already back in pre-season training for next season, so we can discuss Irish and all things training very, very shortly. Last, but by no means least, a true legend of the women's game, of the game, a Rugby World Cup winner with England. I think, Claire, you played 43 times for England, um, if Wikipedia is correct. Funnily enough, I don't tend to Google myself anymore or anyone else on there, but uh, you played in all three front row positions. You played for Wasps as your only club. Please give a huge warm welcome to Claire Purdy. Thank you. Claire, all well with you? 
good, yeah, all good, all good, yeah. Excellent. Well, listen, um, we are going to take uh, a look back uh, later on in the show at the amazing Premiership season, the, of course, the incredible final and the wonderful celebrations of Freddie Burns by keeping the cup for the next two or three days. Um, but before we do that, let's switch to all matters international rugby um, and let's get straight into it and talk about England. Kieran, um, it's a great result, wasn't it, for England? We're going to win the next World Cup. What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, I mean, can I, can we, I just... I, I'm quite with that. It's out there now. Uh, do you know what? I came in here with a lot of trepidation. I thought, can't we just talk about the Ireland win against New Zealand? And then I thought, no, we're not going to win this. Lost faith in, the, faith in the team, and I think a lot of the supporters have. So we get here with a lot of trepidation, a couple of Aussies in there, you know, and you're thinking, shit, you know, can you imagine losing the Aussies with the, with the likes of you around, right? <laughs> you were quite confident, were you? And from the get-go, first 20 minutes, scrum, we had them on toast. And there were a couple of moments in that game where I thought we were going to crumble and we didn't. And that, for me, is what I've been hoping for for a long time. Last time we played like that, maybe what, England, South Africa in the autumn? Terrible Six Nations. Barbar's awful. Last game awful. I now think that we will win the Series 2-1. It's fascinating, isn't it? Last week, the Southern Hemisphere, clean sweep. You know, New Zealand battered Ireland, even though the scoreline was probably a bit flattering. England, ultimately well beaten. I guess Wales, you know... It's always quite tough for an Englishman to know who to support when Wales play South Africa, but you've got to to say that we were all supporting Wales and that that was taken away from them. And then Scotland. Amazing how a week can make such a difference. Oh, we brought you on. You're you're an Aussie playing your rugby here in England, so you can give us a a pretty balanced view. How did you see uh, Australia's performance in that second test? I think it was all set up kind of from the first 10 minutes of the game, Um, especially in international footy, trying to come back from a 17-point deficit is almost impossible. Um, I thought the breakdown for England in the first 10 minutes was lethal. They were getting one, two-second ball off the deck. Australia couldn't get really any momentum in the game, and they capitalised on their opportunities. Um, and then Australia slowly sort of clawed their way back into the, into the game, and I thought they did pretty well in the fact that they probably got into England's 22 twice, scored two tries, the momentum sort of built back in their way. And as, as Kieran said... New Zealand, I'm sorry, England did an amazing job of kind of absorbing momentum when it swung back against them and it showed a good, good amount of resilience to kind of go back to their processes of the mall, making sure they're winning collisions and getting some good penalties and, and kicking, kicking the scoreboard ticking over. So I think England will take a lot from that. Um, considering that first 10 minutes, they were, they were all over Australia and that kind of thing. Have platform. you ever heard of an Aussie prop so balanced and, and speak so beautifully? What, what, he meant to say, what he meant to say was Australia really struggled in the front row and they, 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 need, to bring in, they need to bring in some serious replacements from, uh, from the UK. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. No, noted, noted. There was a lot of beef before the game, wasn't there, with Genge and Thor and who was going to come on top. But yeah. Thor, he struggled, didn't he, for the first three or four scrums? I mean, tell you he hasn't played for a while, so it's a bit of a... He's, oh, here we go. Excuses, there we go, mate. I've played against Genji many a time. He's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a very good player. And Taniela himself is one of the most freak athletes I've ever seen. Um, but I think the way both of them scrum, Genji tends to take a, be very aggressive, take an angle, come in quite hard. And Taniela also likes to take the gap and try to go at the hooker quite a bit. So I think they kind of... Both were kind of as bad as each other, I thought. I used to have a very good view of all that. Yeah. I just used to work out if it was all going wrong as a flanker, just bore in on the opposition prop and, and help you help you, you, you flanker out. Um, Claire, you've actually won a World Cup. Um, give us an assessment of where you think the England men's team are at. We know about the Red Roses. They're flying at the moment. They can't even find a team that are going to challenge them at the minute. But what about the, uh, uh, the men's team? What was your assessment? 
I think, well, obviously watching from last week and having seen all the, the press release and obviously listened to Eddie Jones again and all the fans, we're talking about consistency and we're talking about the guys coming out with intent and that's exactly what they did today. But again, you saw it in the second half, we started to peter off a little bit. Now, whether that's just a case of we're, we're getting tired and we're switching off, but in terms of where we are, we've got 18 months out, we've got another Six Nations... It's when do we start putting in the same players in together so we've got the partnerships building. And I think that's what we want to understand from Eddie is where are we going with it now because we keep hearing the same messaging. Um, I mean, we've got young players coming through and they're shown today. We've got debuts going on and they're doing a job. So I think it's an exciting time, but we just want to see that building up a little bit better. Kieran, we, we are less than 15 games, I think, to go till the World Cup. Um, we've yeah. got, obviously, four autumns. One more test in Australia, four autumns, six nations, what's that, five games, and, and some warm-up matches. So not a huge amount of time. I mean, no. obviously, look, we're celebrating a great England result. And as you say, yeah. if they go on and win the series. But it, it, it still did... I mean, up front, we know we got a very good pack. Um, yeah. But it wasn't like we had to do an awful lot to win that game other than play really well up front. Um, no, my, you're right. I mean, I, th- I think that, you know, the pack sort of are the fundamentals always. If you can have dominant, dominate up front, then you've got a chance of winning the game, which they did today. Mm-hmm. I think what I think people are struggling with is, is the, the, the sort of various selections. And one week it's, this is my best ever team, and suddenly you get rid of people. In them. But it worked today. I thought Jack uh, played very well at scrum half, uh, Van Portfleet. I mean, I was surprised he was in there ahead of, ahead of Danny. And so he came in, and, and I think the pack were going forward, and you'd know more. And Billy Vanapola had a, another cracking game. Great to see him back. Yeah. And when you've got a bit of power at the base, okay, and then you're dominating up front, it makes it a lot easier. For the first time, actually, I, I actually now almost kind of nearly believe in the Smith and Farrell axis at the moment. It's taken this long to get there. The last game wasn't so good. Could they be in the same team? I've heard Will Green was said they can't be in the same team. It's either or. It has to be. And I think you did an article. Well, they last definitely week. can be in the same team. Then they, if Will said that, so. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so this week was really interesting. Last week, I kind of was so frustrated because Smith has been so good dominating. You know, he's kicking for goal, he's kicking for touch, he's making decisions, he's, he's putting players into space, and then suddenly last week he's a shadow of himself. Farrell was in there making the decisions, kicking goals. He was controlling everything. And I was like, it's either or, it can't work. And then this week, it's like, right, you've got one more chance. And actually, first six or seven passes went to Smith. He put a few people away, Genge, I think. And actually, it started to look a bit better. And, and, and I think Australia, let's be fair, and world rugby aren't where they should be. And while aren't, you know, they are not a powerhouse at the moment. The last game we should have won, today we won. I'm sure we'll win next week. But it's not necessarily a reflection of how well we're doing. That's yeah. my opinion. Kieran, I just want to in, uh, interrogate you a bit more on that scrum half thing because yeah. you obviously went toe-to-toe with Matt Dawson. I mean, Austin Ely sort of came in and out of the equation, but not yeah. really very much, did he? <laughs> I mean, you ended up with 51 caps. Matt Dawson, I can't remember, probably a few more. Um, what, one, one or two more. <laughs> I mean, you, you were clearly... Hey. The, you, you were clearly... The, yeah. You were but, clearly the most important yeah, member yeah, of the yeah, World yeah, Cup yeah, squad. Yeah, but, but, I mean, as a, as a scrum half, you know, if you play well, you stay in the team. Yeah. It's, seemingly, if the team plays badly... They often, they, they often axe the scrum half first. Right. I well, mean, well, the one thing to say is I am definitely, definitely a better dancer than Matt Dawson, all right? So well, well, I won dancing and I said he came third or whatever. So that's it. No, but no, but uh, crucial position. I mean, where, where, does Harry, uh, where you know, but how does Harry Randall feel? I mean, he's like, Harry, he, he's Harry, brought in, axed, strange. Ben Spencer, flat. I mean, Eddie Jones got the selection of scrum half wrong in the World Cup in, yeah. in Japan. He, you know, he had to fly out a third choice scrum half. Yeah. And, you know, we've been chopping and changing. Ben Young's, you know, 100 and whatever many caps. 
you know, I mean, well, give, give uh, it, who, who should be playing scrum off? Because clearly Eddie Jones doesn't really know, does he? Well, uh, he's changed so much. I think it's really hard for Harry Randall because he started the Six Nations and we were like, a bit of a surprise selection. We were like, right, he's in there, Benio's on the bench. Played four games and then for the crucial one, he dropped him for the last game. And I was just like, I mean, this guy's confidence must be shot. So, okay, so, so then after that, I thought, well, He's, I think he captained the bar. He was in the bar bars. He captained the England team, and then I thought, all right, so what's going to happen? And then suddenly, Danny cares in. I thought, well, that's a bit harsh. And then Jack, uh, Jack's gone in on the bench, and Harry's out of it completely. Yeah. So Harry's there training in Australia, thinking I've gone from first choice to third choice. I actually think Rafi Quirk is one of the best nines that England has seen for many years. He just needs to stay fit. Are you coaching him by any chance? No, 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 not at all. No, <laughs> not, not yet. Not yet. But, uh, but, but I thought Jack did really well today. I was surprised with that selection. It was a very, very big call from Eddie Jones to do that. He came on at the end of the last game, scored a nice try, did okay. But there's something he's seen in training. And I think that there's going to be a battle between... Uh, Jack and Rafi, and then you're going to see Danny Kerr and the other and Ben Youngs and all those fighting maybe for third place. Ollie, are we should we just be? I mean, I'm a bit old school. If I if 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 you think you're the best player, you want to play every single game, you want to start. I don't this finishes stuff. It, it doesn't work on me. I want to be a starter. No one wants to be a finisher. Um, I mean, do the modern players just accept the rotation, even at international level, is part and parcel of it now? I mean, accept is a. Uh, maybe <laughs> in honest, honesty when, when you're in a professional environment as you guys would know we're hyper competitive people and you view yourself if you're the, if you're the, the better in your position you want to be starting um, the whole idea of specialist finishes and stuff for me as well I kind of share your view it's a yeah. bit of a cop out from coaches I feel like sorry Declan um, but <laughs> no um, there is also especially maybe not so much in the international season but with the club season there has to be some element of rotation because you're playing so many different competitions playing so many games um, that there needs to be an aspect of keeping players fresh and having a certain team for bigger games and maybe for Premiership Cup. Can, can, can the modern front row player play a whole match? Because it just seems, you know, you've seen what South Africa do mm. with the bomb squad come on. It kind of feels like when we played, well, earlier on in, in my... Beta Max started, video days, yeah, remember yeah, that? Exactly. In the real yeah. early days, there were no replacements whatsoever. And the great yeah. thing after 75 minutes is... You know, Victor Pugu, he'll be tired, you know, and there'll be lots of space. After five minutes. After five minutes, yeah. actually. So I, I correct, stand corrected. So, so the thing is, at the moment, with the game, I, I kind of feel when these, you know, the whole front row come on, and it, I know it brings the power in, and they say, well, we need to keep it safe. But players now are training to play 50 minutes, not the whole match. What, what's your opinion of that? I think it's the mentality, though, of the player. Like, if you know that you're only going to play 50 minutes, do you then play within yourself? It's OK, I've got, it's all right, I've got another 10 minutes, I'm going to keep going. Yeah. Or are you playing to bust and you're playing for that full 50 minutes and I think that's yeah. that's where you have to be really careful with how you train and how that player takes it in board like okay I'm your 50 minute player here we go or I'm coming on for that last that last half to give everything so I think it's for me like for my my end of my career um it was I was the 80 minute prop because we didn't have <laughs> we had no subs so I was crawling off and I was yeah. ready I was like where's my 50 minutes like yeah. so it's I think it's two powers not he's not capable of playing a whole match yeah. is he no chance. No. There's some players like that. You look like you're capable. I've done it. I've done it a couple of times. It's tough. Yeah. But I mean, I think that that almost shot England in the foot a bit last week when you see Will Stewart playing 75 plus minutes and a crucial scrum in the game. Yeah. He's that they, they give England give away a pretty soft scrum penalty. But that like obviously that's on their pack. But at the same time, I think Eddie needs to manage his players a bit better. Joe Hayes is a good player. He's a great scrummager. I wasn't sure why in the first test Will Stewart's playing 75 plus minutes when you have a, a 
perfectly capable tight end who's proven himself with Leicester won a premiership on the bench. I mean, Eddie Jones tactically is a, is a very astute coach. You know, the last World Cup showed that with what he did against Australia and New Zealand. In terms of man-managing players, I would question his ability to, to, um, to manage them in the right way. I think he, uh, you know, he goes through an enormous number of players um, because he's England coach. He's not, not that worried about that. If you, if you coached a club side like that, you'd be out of a job straight away. Lawrence Delalio's Rugby Podcast, supported by Fuller's London Pride, the official beer of Premiership Rugby. take a couple of questions for the floor would you like to announce your name and what your question is please hi Lawrence uh, my name is Will um, big uh, Harlequins and obviously England fan um, <laughs> it's alright it's alright you know, Irish had a good game you guys are going to do uh, much better Sorry. next season um, my question is regarding the sort of fringe players on the England camp right now like, so as you said you, we've only got 15 games for the World Cup Personally, and maybe I'm biased to say this, but I feel like players like Lewis Liner, Caden Murley at Quinns, you know, they really are kind of on the fringe, and I really feel they could do something. Obviously, I'm sure there's a bunch of other players as well. I mean, do you feel in the next 18 months, are there any players that you think could break out, could really actually put themselves, stamp themselves forward, a bit like how Kieran did before... uh, 2003, like you know, really just kind of get it through, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. look, Eddie Jones' his selection is erratic at best, isn't it? Yeah. He, you know, he's not, <laughs> yeah, he's not, it's not consistent at all. They've won today, so he'll probably yeah. say to, to people like me and all the rest of the media, you know, go and do one. I'm the guy that picks the team, and they've won. Do you change your winning team now? Does he stick with that selection, or does he go back? You know, I, I mean, I look at someone like Joe Marchand, and I've watched a lot of Premiership rugby. Yeah. In fact, I've watched every minute of Premiership rugby this season. He's had a brilliant season. You know, they had one poor game last week and he gets dropped from the, squ- from the team and the squad. And he didn't play back. And, and, now he, and, play, and now he's thinking, do I get myself back in? So it's kind of that kind of weird stuff going on in selection that really worries me because eventually that sort of gets through to the players. You know, what confidence do they have? And, and do England stick now with a winning side? Well, that's, win the, that's the interesting thing. I don't, I don't think um, Eddie Jones is that sort of person to keep sticking with what he's got. And I think when you go into a World Cup and you'd know better, is consistency and selection is really important, especially in the key positions, 9, 10, 12, hooker, let's say. Um, so I think I think at the moment, you know, England, that awkward position whereby a few players have come in, done quite well, what does he do? I think he's going to stick with the same team, I reckon, for the last game, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Maybe, maybe mess around with the bench, maybe Joe March and Mike Kamala, I don't know. But I think from after this tour, going up to the World Cup, he's got to be sure who his starting 15 is for the final. And you keep with that, even if they have a bad game. And unfortunately, the, you know, the selection d- doesn't allow for that from what I've seen. Yeah. yeah. Good question. Slightly one-eyed, but good question. Yeah. Uh, should, we, should we have one more at the back there, two at the back? Oh, hey, we've got Aussie there. We've hey, got Aussie hey, there. mate, he's obviously uh, put a little question in there. Now, Ollie, you were born... In Australia, but your parents are English, and you supported England in 2003 World Cup. my father. You played for Australia, but you live and love England. How does that work with your heart? Splitting that in half. <laughs> Jesus wept, Hammer. <laughs> He's put me right on the spot here. Look, I, I was brainwashed when I was younger from my father. I, I, in 2003, I was actually cheering for Johnny Wilkinson when he kicked that drop goal over. I know it's tough. It's tough. But then I saw that I saw the error of my ways. I played age grade rugby through Australia, 
and I've supported them ever since, as you know, and I was very happy to make my debut last year, so I'm a Wallaby through and through. And so we know you're earning three times as much as you would be if you were in Australia, so that's, that, that might have one reason why you enjoy being here. Will, will, you, will you take that well-earned and very hard-earned money back to Australia and, and live in Australia, or will you stay here? No, now? I'll stay over here. Exactly. I've, got, I've met my wife over here, we've set our life up, I've got British passport, all my family's over here, so I'll be staying in Britain post-rugby, but my rugby allegiances are very much Australian. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Lawrence Delalio's Rugby Podcast, supported by Fuller's London Pride, the official beer of Premiership Rugby. OK, we've got a few more questions. I want, to, I want people to interrogate us about Eddie Jones a little bit more, maybe about some of the selections, some of the team. I have a question, but it's not about Eddie Jones. <laughs> Far away. Sorry. First of all, Lawrence, love you. My dad loves you too. You're an absolute legend. See, I, I plant people in the audience as well. You're one's actually nice to you, though, I'm like mine. My, well, all of you, obviously. Uh, England women are playing in the World Cup later this year. What are their chances? Are they going to win? Okay, well, I think there's only one person we can direct that question to. Thank uh, you. And that, Kieran. <laughs> I, got it, I got it, I got it. Uh, actually, I, I caught up with um, Sarah Hunter this week and um, similar to pre-season, so they're in their first week of England training and um, their confidence, as you can imagine, from the games that will be played through Six Nations, France being the combination of them going out there and winning the Six Nations, it's really high. And there is, in my mind, there's no doubt that we will go out there um, and, and take, the, take the World Cup again so, and bring it home. But we've got to look at the teams that in their pool. So, obviously, they've got France in theirs. They've also got um, South Africa and Fiji, which we wouldn't know much about. Um, and then New Zealand in their pool, Pool A, they've got New Zealand... Uh, Australia 
and uh, Wales and Ireland, I think it is. Um, so the route through, and obviously this year we've got quarterfinals as well, which we haven't had before. Um, so it's not going to be easy, and you wouldn't expect that. But um, yeah, I'm 100% behind them that they'll go out there and, and bring it home, which I'm very excited about. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. It's great. Um... It was, it was great to watch some of the Six Nations games with crowds. Yeah. I mean, it was oh, yeah. amazing, wasn't it? I mean, the atmosphere was amazing, and they deserve that. Yeah. I think we're going to have one more question before I put our panel on the spot and tell us who's going to win this series down in Sydney next week. So, uh, young Hello. lady. Um, I'm, my name's Una. Um, I'm going to stand up for Eddie a little bit here. Um, do you not think that... I mean, Van Portfee had a great game today, but do you not think that having Danny on the bench coming on... Um, bringing that speed and um, experience in the later kind of 20-30 minutes was a really good choice, potentially, when Australia were flagging and you needed the speed and the zip. I, I, I agree with that. I think, I think on reflection it looked like the right choice to have Danny come on and Jack to start a game and have all that pressure. Although when you look at last week and maybe the last four years at Danny's, um, the way he's played, he deserves to have started, I think. You know, he's that sort of player. But I think it's been a good thing Jack's come in. I think he's going to keep his place. It is nice to have Danny to come on and sort of change the game. You are right. They are slightly different players and I thought Jack played really well. But what could have happened today is Jack could have gone out there, felt all the pressure, not played well, could have lost the game. You think why have we done it but it's turned out well and I hope he keeps his place but I do think it's hard on on, uh, on Danny and, but, and yeah. the Vanapola brothers as well yeah. who, who clearly they, you know they got picked by Eddie when they probably both didn't particularly Billy but, but all, both of them probably didn't deserve to be picked um, and their performances were below par he then drops them after the World Cup and says you know I'm not sure they've got the appetite We've all been dropped at, uh, well, certainly we've been dropped at international level. Some, some more than others. Well, you you briefly, didn't get briefly, many. Briefly, <laughs> briefly. But, you know, you go away, you question your game, you come back, you improve and you get picked again. Um, it's taken Eddie Jones a long time to, to pick the, the, the Vunapola brothers again, maybe because of Saracens. And, and Danny Kerr had one poor game against Japan. He did a one-to-one review with Eddie Jones. He criticised him directly and he never got picked again. So... Yeah. I agree with you. I like Eddie Jones, and if he was here, you know, we'd, we'd say it to his face. He just doesn't trust players enough. You know, he he loses faith in players. He, he doesn't trust people. And I think if you want to build a successful England side, international side, any side, you've got to trust your players. You can't just chop and change your players. Marcus Smith misses touch. Don't hoik him off the field. You know, let him carry on. You know, if if one if a if a good player has a bad game. You know, you've got to pick him again and say, I trust you because I know you're going to come good. And that's my only issue is I'm not sure he trusts people enough. And you've got to be consistent with the message that you deliver them. And I think he's always yearning to improve the team in a way that, that you know, every good coach is before they've actually learned what he's told them already. You know, the attacking game today, we didn't have to use our attacking game because our forwards ultimately beat Australia up up front yeah. and Van Poorfleet playing at Leicester is very used to that and I thought he played brilliantly kicked well had some great little breaks around the fringes but when we've actually got to extend ourselves a little bit and play some attacking rugby still question whether we've got the shape structure and ability to do that particularly in a side that keeps changing Marcus Smith that was his 11th start for England today he's played with four different scrum halves and he's played with eight different centre combinations now Possibly that's just the modern game and old gits like me should just shut up and get on with it. But I think you need consistency in your selection to create a winning culture and a winning team. And there we go. OK, quick show of hands. Who do, who do we think England are going to win that go on and win the series? Or do we think Australia are going to come back? OK, so we're going with England. Tell you what, if they do, it's a fair play to them. It's a tough place. 
But uh, listen, we're going to move on now to talk about the, uh, the other international games um, because any of you who got up early enough would have seen Ireland produce a magnificent performance today. So huge round of applause for Ireland in uh, winning their, their, their first ever game for, on New Zealand soil. They obviously beat the All Blacks uh, a little while ago. They got well beaten last week, but they really bounced back. Andy Farrell has this amazing record. Now, Kieran could have played rugby league. He could have played for Liverpool. <laughs> but he, but he, I was rubbish. But he, but he, I was rubbish. It's just in there. He, but, he de- but he definitely could have played for Ireland. Uh, yeah. And it must have been a part. Did you get up and watch that game? I watched what? that game. I thought it was fantastic. I mean, bearing in mind what happened in the last Test match, I thought Ireland struggled. And uh, it was just one of those games. It was always going to be Ireland's game. I don't know whether you watched it, but there was a, a red card with the um, with the head-on-head collision. But there was another red card before that, and he got a yellow card. I don't know how that happened. Did you see that? It should have been a red card. But there was only one team in it for the whole time. And I, I, do you know what? I think it was like something like it was 10 7 at half time. And I thought, oh, they've blown it. They've blown their opportunity. And they just kept the ball, scored another try. They just honestly. Okay, so I'm going to ask this question. Yeah. Are Ireland, and by nature France, because France uh, were above Ireland in the Six Nations, are they significantly further ahead than England right now? I think, in international I, I, rugby? I think definitely, based on, based on the consistency and selection. Okay, they've had one-off games where they, they, they don't play very based well. Based on results. Based mean, on results, yeah. yeah. But I, I, someone told me that if, if Ireland won today by 15 and Wales beat South Africa, Ireland go to number one in the world. All right, so I was looking at the score and I was like, you never know, you mm. never know. So, um, so listen, I think Ireland, have done, you know, Farrell's done amazing with that team. Yeah. But, to be honest, if they miss one or two players, if Sexton's not in there, they don't look the same side. So they've got to cover that, haven't they? And, and old Andrew Porter scored two tries today for the, front, for the front row. Is that, uh, I mean, that, it's, got, it's a good thing, right? I mean, that guy is, by the way, a beast. He's oh, an animal. God. I mean, he's a tight head who's just suddenly swapped and started playing loose head. He's, I, and he's, yeah. he's going We've, well. Uh, we made the Champions Cup for this year and I'm kind of happy Leicester on it. I mean, Leinster on in our pool because... Scoring against that boy, he looks like a beast. Yeah. Uh, but any time the prop gets over, double, special times. Listen, we're going to uh, leave and park international rugby there. We've had one of the most exciting premiership seasons ever. Uh, this man was involved in it, London Irish, uh, putting a pay to my, my beloved Wasp Champions Cup hopes of, uh, of qualifying. But they were outstanding. Uh, one side of the ball, uh, they just couldn't, couldn't defend quite as much. On the other side of the ball, nearly made the playoffs. Uh, we know who did, and it was an incredible final between... Uh, Saracens and Leicester and obviously Leicester won in very dramatic circumstances with that Freddie Burns drop goal um, what a final Kieran I mean it was great you know, final great final well, I mean, well, terms, I mean, great final, in terms of drama I mean, I mean 104 kicks though in the game I mean oh, both God. both teams box kicking <laughs> in their 22 it's just ridiculous to watch and the first eight minutes literally was like watching Wimbledon it was like kick Kick, 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 kick. I was like, oh my God, we got both. Because Borthwick's yeah. from Saracens, taking that DNA. And then, yeah. anyway, so it was frustrating to watch. Then a game almost broke out, didn't it? Almost. But to see Wigglesworth sort of like, I have to, he's not a great passer. He, well, how old is he? 48, 49. And, <laughs> but he can kick a ball. I mean, he can kick a ball. And yeah. to be fair to that selection, Jack Van Portley can't even get in the team. And here he is playing third, for England. Third, third choice, third by the way. choice Leicester. for Leicester, first choice for England now. O- so, Ollie, you're, you're a player who has played against both those sides probably yeah. twice. Um, I mean, was that a fair contest in the final? Were they the two best sides in the country um, on, on balance? I think over the course of the, the, course of the season, probably. Um, as Kieran said, it's a bit... It was a bit of a, a kick fest, and they both play pretty similar styles of styles of rugby. Very low risk, 
uh, pretty regimented style, styles of rugby. And I mean, if that wins your games, that's that's the way you're going to play because you want to win trophies at the end of the year. You're not going to complain about your style when you're sitting with the Premiership Cup at the end of the year, are you? So, but I think over the course of the season, I think Leicester were first place from round one to the, and they won the comp. So I mean, you can't really complain with it with the end result. There's a part of a lot of Premiership fans that are quite pleased that Leicester actually won rather than South. Maybe 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 yeah. straight away because you know whilst you forgive the players, sort of who appear to have sort of worked out that nothing actually happened, really. Um, but you, you don't necessarily forgive the coaches. Um, Claire, I mean, give us your impression. You know, we, we'll talk about the women's premiership in a minute, but uh, it, was a, um, it was a dramatic finish, wasn't it? And when, I mean, I love the Freddie Byrne story, really, because, you know, he's a player. George Ford was obviously, you know, the player who was supposed to ride off into the sunset. He's joining Sale next season, and, and he's been magnificent. But Freddie Byrne's, you know... Not always loved by every club. He's, well, he has been loved, but not always had the magic well, he, moments. He is now. <laughs> and then went off to Japan, you know, to find himself. If you follow him on Instagram, he certainly found himself in a few different places. <laughs> I think he had a great time in Japan, that's for sure. And he came back, and I just think it's just a great story for him to come on, uh, play very, very well in the game, set up the position, and then, you know, score with yeah. the winning drop goal. Just, yeah, it's that, just that magic moment. And then, obviously, the rest of his Instagram was him walking down the road with the trophy for the next three days. So... It's, it was, it's what dreams are made of, and obviously for a neutral for, like myself, watching that game also, it was, just, it was just an exciting game other than the, the tennis at the beginning. But that's what you, you want as well from a spectator position. It's like, well, who's going to get it? Who's going to win it? And yeah, magic moment for him as he drops the ball. Now, do, you know, do you know what was fascinating about this final? What I found fascinating is when we were all talking about the game before, I think everyone would agree that everyone thought Saracens were going to win because of the big game mentality, because of the players that they had, and it sort of reminded me, I'm a Liverpool supporter, it reminded me of Liverpool against Real Madrid. I thought, oh, going to win this. Same as the final. Had that sense, oh, we're going to win this. But Leicester didn't have the stars, okay? But somehow they had the grit, the determination, the yeah. game plan to win. And it worked. And but they also had the most capped premiership player of all time, probably the most decorated premiership player of all time, and probably the oldest premiership player yeah. of all time. And they had the bottle to pick him at Scrum Unbelievable. Half. I've got to say, Steve Borthwick... Um, who I played in the second row with uh, when Simon Shaw got sent off after a minute right. against, against the All Blacks. We never really got on on the field, Steve and I, until that moment where we found ourselves paired in the second row against the All Blacks right. for the best part of 80 minutes. But he has done an unbelievable transformation job yeah. at Leicester. Well, I, I mean, I personally think, uh, for what it's worth, I think uh, Borthwick will be England's next coach. That's my opinion. Um, uh, after this next World Cup, the silence in the room. Everyone's like, "Oh, really?" I, I think I think Borthwick will be. What did you not think? I mean, who's yeah, going to be think, there? Well, who's I mean, going to be? I think, he, I think he's got an opportunity to Rob be part Baxter. of the England setup. Oh, he's got to be um, the main man. Yeah, do you no, think so? Oh, he's got to be on the main the field. Man. Maybe not, maybe not in front of the camera, possibly. I okay. Think. <laughs> don't have to be because a good interview not, to win believe matches. Believe it or not, PR. No, you don't. But PR is quite important. I've loved the sound of his voice, didn't I? Yeah, I know what you mean. But yeah, put someone else in front of the camera. Listen, I think he's done an amazing job. It's phenomenal, the transformation for where Leicester were. Look, they're champions, OK? A lot of that is down to him. And I know some of the recruitment. But, in my opinion, the next one... I mean, someone has shouted out Rob Baxter. Um, Rob Baxter's had a great few years. The last year or so, not so good. So I think the man in place is going to be uh, both. Well, I just wonder whether the... You know, I, I think it's more than a one-man job. Who do you right? think it's going to be? I mean, well, if I look at New Zealand when they were at their very best, they had Wayne Smith, Steve Hansen, and Ian Foster, right? And that yeah. is—I mean, that as a as a as a rugby brains trust is—it's almost like having three heads. So we should get three head coaches. We should get Borthwick, Farrell, Sean Edwards. Yeah. Oh, 
ไอ้เนี่ยมันสกอตแลนด์สกอตแลนด์สกอตแลนด์สกอตแลนด์สกอตแลนด์สกอตแลนด์สกอตแลนด์สกอตแลนด์สกอตแลนด์สกอตแล
50-50. Come on, Ireland. Listen, we wish them all well. Hopefully, it'll be a Northern Hemisphere clean sweep. Thank you very much for joining us for our podcast. My thanks to Kieran Bracken. By the way, both these sons are playing at England age group level. I mean, oh, no, only one. Only one. Only one. Well, well, we're still working on the other one, but yeah, yeah, uh, one. clearly even yeah. more talented than their super talented father. Uh, my, my thanks to Claire for everything that she's contributed today. Thank you very much. And we wish the Red Roses all the very uh, biggest success. And to Ollie in pre-season, thanks for joining us, mate. Don't be thinking about going back to Australia. And good luck to London Irish. Thank you very much much indeed, everyone. Cheers now. Lawrence Delalio's Rugby Podcast, supported by Fuller's London Pride, the official beer of Premiership Rugby. ES Audio. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, and this episode of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast is brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers, and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work.